Chapter 15 Saving the Parade The school year was at an end. There was an air of excitement as the pupils of Seabrook School gathered together for one last time. In the playground, Hannah spoke excitedly about her dad's new job. Pete and David had moved quickly to get everything up and running for the new business to start very soon. My dad said I might be able to have my birthday party on the boat, enthused Hannah. You're all invited. My dad said the boat is wheelchair friendly too, she said, smiling at Millie. Hannah and her friends were fizzing with excitement. In class, not much real work was done that day, and Mrs Gardner had allowed her pupils to bring in games and things to play with. At lunch, Mrs Gardner took her class out to Prince's Parade, and they sat on the benches by the canal. After lunch, she told them how the Prince of Wales had come to Seabrook in 1890 and gave his title to the parade. Mrs Gardner made the story funny too by embellishing the real facts with fiction. She didn't read from a book, it just came from her imagination as she wove new history. It was a great last day and Hannah skipped home after making various arrangements with friends to meet over the summer. When she got back, Mum was in the kitchen singing while cooking with Alfie listening and smiling. Good day at school, said Wendy as Hannah put her lunchbox on the table. Brilliant, said Hannah and she proceeded to tell her mum her day and Mrs Gardner's funny story. Where's dad? Hannah asked. I want to tell him the story too. He's out with Pete. They've got the boat and are testing it now. I'm just making this tea to take down so we can go and see them in a bit. Cool. Whereabouts are they mum? Can I go now? I suppose so Hannah. You can take that big bag down for me though, said Wendy pointing to the carrier bag. They're at the end by the canoe station. Hannah grabbed the bag and dashed out. Along the canal, she saw a man hammering a sign onto a post. He left before Hannah got to him, but she stopped to read what he had put up. It was a planning notice and looked quite technical, but it said that the road was going to be moved to run by the canal, and there was a map on it too, showing the houses and a new pool. Below was another sign that talked about relocating badgers that lived in the area. It seemed to suggest that the development was going to happen. Hannah walked slowly on, remembering the fate of the forgotten stream where she used to live. As she neared the end of the canal, she heard a psst sound. She looked towards the bushes and there, just visible, was Nuna peering out from the undergrowth. Hannah was overjoyed and went running over, pushing her way into the undergrowth. Nuna couldn't help but sniff the food in the bag that Hannah was carrying before regaining her composure. I waited for days for you to turn up, cried Hannah. Where did you go? Well, you have to understand, it's dangerous for us to be in contact with humans, Hannah, said Nuna in a serious voice. Kajika shouldn't really have spoken to you that time. Very often, humans are not our friends and we have to be careful. Hannah nodded and then said, So, what has changed? How come you are talking now? Well... We have realised you mean no harm, and maybe you would be able to help us in some way. Besides, Kajika would really like to borrow those binoculars, said Nuna with a sly smile, baring her menacing teeth. How could I help you? said Hannah quizzically. It has come to our attention that some humans want to destroy our homes, Nuna said sternly. We need your help to stop them. I'm not sure what I can do, replied Hannah. 
People have been talking about it, but I don't think anyone knows how to stop it. I can ask my dad. Maybe he could think of something. Or our next-door neighbour. Thank you, Hannah. The kingdom of animals would be very grateful to you. We think it would be best not to let on that some animals can speak, though. Who knows what experiments they might want to do on us then, said Nuna gravely. I understand, nodded Hannah. Your secret's safe with me. How should I contact you, though? Come to the place we first met, and we will find you, assured Nuna. If you could also see your way to bringing the binoculars, I'm sure Kajika would be happier than a flea on a hedgehog, said Nuna with a grin. Of course, said Hannah. They held each other's gaze momentarily, with mutual respect. It was a magical thing to have such a connection. Then Nuna was gone, silently disappearing into the thick foliage. As Hannah walked on, she considered how to help. What to say? Then she hit upon a brilliant idea. She would contact the Prince of Wales and explain everything to him. After all, it was his predecessor who had opened the area all those years ago. She was certain he would help. Hannah dashed along the path, her mind racing. She would need to email or text or something. The prince would have an email, wouldn't he? If not, she'd have to go and see him personally. Buckingham Palace, wasn't it? Or Windsor Castle? She wasn't sure, but wherever he was, she'd find him. David and Pete were busily preparing the boat, making the final adjustments and making sure everything was perfect. A few people had gathered nearby, intrigued by the new boat, with its solar panels and pretty green leaf paintwork. Hannah ran excitedly down the slope into her dad's arms. He was a changed man since he'd started working more with than for Pete. He swung Hannah round joyously, squeezing her tightly before releasing her to spin slightly dizzily around. Dad, I need to get in touch with the Prince of Wales, said a deadly serious Hannah. David laughed. Why is that then, may I ask? Because he might be able to stop people destroying the homes of the animals. He was the one that opened the area, well his relative was, and so he will surely want to protect it like we do, and he has lots of money and can tell the council to stop, cried Hannah, almost bursting with emotion. Well, I'm not sure, David started, before stopping mid-sentence, realising that he was perhaps negative too often. He looked thoughtful for a moment and could see Pete listening out of the corner of his eye. You know, Hannah, it could well be worth a try, he said, placing his hand on his chin. What do you think, Pete? Anything's worth a try, I suppose, replied Pete, though I have no idea how we could persuade him to come. The three of them sat down to think. I know he's quite an environmentalist, said Pete. Maybe he would be interested in our solar boat. We could invite him to attend our launch and then talk to him about the plans while he's here. If nothing else, it would create some publicity, both for the fight and our adventure. Right, said David confidently. You write the letter, Hannah, and we'll take a trip to see him so you can give it to him in person. He got his phone out and searched to see whether Prince Charles would be appearing in public. Brilliant! It's Trooping of the Colour. The Queen's birthday celebration is this weekend. He'll be there. Hannah jumped up with excitement and took off for home to write the letter. She passed Mum and Alfie on the way. Hey, where are you going in such a hurry, Hannah? shouted Wendy as Hannah ran by. Can't stop. Got to write a letter to the Prince of Wales, she shouted back. 
I've got your dinner here, though, said Wendy, realising it was pointless trying to stop her daughter when she was on a mission. Once home, Hannah wrote letter after letter, trying to get the wording right and to be as persuasive as possible. She was desperate that her idea should work and certain that if only she could get the prince to read it, he would surely come. The next day, Hannah went out to see if she could talk to Nuna to tell her of her plan. She didn't have to wait long before the fantastic fox appeared. This time, she was accompanied by another slightly larger fox. Hannah, meet Fuzaz. He's what you humans would call my husband. Pleased to meet you, Fuzaz, said Hannah, who was amazed at Nuna's intellect. Having always been led to believe that while foxes are intelligent, animals in general are always inferior to humans. Pleased to meet you, said Fuzaz, who seemed to struggle more with speaking than Nuna. I've had a fantastic idea, said Hannah excitedly, and she went on to explain the plan. Do you think it would work? asked Fuzaz, somewhat sceptically. Who knows, said Hannah, but it's got to be worth a try. The foxes nodded in agreement, hoping that the lives and homes of them and their neighbours could be saved. Finally, Hannah gave Nuna the binoculars, placing them gently between her teeth before saying farewell. Fusaz held his paw up for Hannah to shake. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for understand that we sure this world. We are forever grateful. Fusa said, trying to be correct. Hannah nodded, and once again the foxes melted away into the trees like fish disappearing below the surface of the water.